Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is episode 38, and we are back from a week break. Uh, I was on vacation and decided that I didn't have... um, Well, first of all, there was no Wi-Fi uh, where I was, it was pretty patchy, and second of all, I needed a break. I needed a vacation, guys. So I'm, um, I took my week off, and uh, I'm back, fully rested and ready to go. Uh, we've got Bob, and we have Justin here today. Hey, Hello. I'm back. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Justin, you weren't with us two weeks ago, right? So right, <laughs> our poor fans have been; they must have missed us dearly. I know it's just, the, the silence must have been horrendous. I know. What would you, what, guys? What are you gonna, what are you, what are you going to do without the banter roundtable podcast every week? I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's. it's uh, I feel for you. It must be difficult. But anyway, we're right. back. We're back. <laughs> so um, we've got we've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about well, a lot of it's about Trump's uh, the the raid on Mar-a-Lago and what the FBI FBI found. Not the FBO. I'm sorry. Um, and we're going to talk about how serious is this. Uh, so, um, Bob, uh, you wrote a fantastic piece this week for the members only section oh, on uh, the Trump moral logo raid. Uh, this, I mean, this was, I've done a couple of audio posts on this. Um, this is a new feature we've got, by the way, on the, on the, on the newsletter where um, Substack has given us a, an ability to just quickly upload audio bytes. Um, so I did that uh, and talked about the, the raid on moral logo. Mm-hmm. But we haven't done any in-depth reporting on it, other than uh, than, than than Bob's work. Uh, so I thought it'd be a good time to discuss this. Like, so basically, the FBI got tipped off. I don't know where they got the tip off from, um, but they raided Mar-a-Lago and found a number of documents. One of them was labelled highly classified, as I understand it, and uh, there was a lot of speculation uh, as to what you know what is in these what are in these files. Um, but it seems pretty clear that he has violated the Espionage Act. I'm fairly certain that that's just, you know, he's. we don't know why he's done it, why he hid these documents, but you can't do that. Am I right in saying no, that? You, no, you can't do that. Not. And it's it's actually more than one highly classified document. There's a, a whole series of them in, in those boxes. And uh, yeah, you're not. And the claim is that there was some sort of standing order in the White House that if Donald Trump removed a, a, a TSSCI document from the Oval Office, then it was automatically declassified. But there's no evidence showing that to be the case. In fact, yeah, John exactly. Bolton. There, there's no paper trail for that. Guaranteed yeah. there's no paper trail for that. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, a bunch of people uh, certainly who had access to those documents have said, that, oh, there was no. I mean, John Bolton in particular was like, oh, there was no standing order. That's a ridiculous lie. <laughs> Besides, if there was, a, if Donald Trump tried to have a standing order about declassifying documents, it would have never been permitted. 
So yeah, that's the uh, one of the many little details about all of this. Yeah, he made us and, all pinky promise that if he took it home, we would all declassify it. It was a pinky promise. <laughs> yeah, right. White House pinky promise. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yep. Uh, it was uh, it, it's a huge, huge problem for Donald Trump. And what's funny about this, one of the many things that's funny about this is the uh, Fox News in particular, Tucker Carlson and a lot of Donald Trump's defenders are making this all about the Presidential Records Act to try to downplay the the extreme nature of this scandal of this crime or series of crimes. And it's really not about the Presidential Records Act. It's really about the Espionage Act. That's the main thing that Donald Trump should be concerned about. And then second on that list is the obstruction of justice possibility. Now, I don't want to say that they're necessarily charges yet because he hasn't been charged. But yet. these are all the predicates for the search itself. So the, there were three different uh, statutes that were, according to the judge, according to the FBI, were in the process of being committed. So there was probable cause that Donald Trump was obstructing justice, that Donald Trump was violating the Espionage Act, and that Donald Trump was otherwise uh, retaining documents, defense documents, that he should not have retained. And uh, that's vastly different than Donald Trump retaining a gift that was given to him by the president of Moldova or whatever. That's, a, that's like a Presidential Records Act thing. Or when Donald Trump was flushing notes in the Oval Office, that was a Presidential Records Act problem. But these yeah, three statutes are much thing. more serious. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and to be clear, and to be clear, they had served him a subpoena a couple of months. What was it back in April or May, trying to get these records back? And he just refused or lied about it, saying that he had returned all of them. So it wasn't mm -hmm. like they had just gone from zero to 90 miles an hour and just, you know, you know, sent the FBI to go raid his uh, his home to get these records. They tried doing this like, hey, we know we, we know you got this shit. Mm -hmm. Give it back to us. And he just wouldn't. Yeah. So then they had to move to the next step was, all right, well, if you won't give it to us, we're just going to go to fuck in there and take them from you, bitch. And yeah, that's what they did. And they meantime, tried, they, they, at first they were like, oh, I can't believe they did this. Oh, they, they did. They were so boot, jackbooted and heavy handed. It's like, no, no, no. That's not how it started. They took the appropriate steps and he still wouldn't do it because he's the dumbest criminal on planet. Or he just assumed they would never dare to raid his house. Mm -hmm. And they Fox, did because Fox, he's not above yeah. the law. Fox News is screaming right now about why they waited so long. And certainly Newsmax is following suit and and uh, just everybody, everybody in the Red Hat Entertainment Complex is talking about this one right now, which is that why do they wait so long to go in? Why do they wait until 92 days before the midterm election to go in and do this search and seizure or what they're referring to as a raid? And uh, the answer to that question is self-evident. <laughs> Because yeah, uh, you seriously. see the freak out. You see the freak out happening right now among Republicans. Now, if you can imagine that reaction, but without giving Donald Trump repeated chances to return this information, to return these files. And in the meantime, in the midst of all of that, they asked him to at least put another lock on the door. So thank God that there's like a five dollar padlock from Home Depot keeping those documents secure in the basement. 
you know, and then there's also uh, allegedly surveillance footage of documents being removed from that. And, and I think being hauled in and out of that basement. That's, that's uh, crazy. Yes, it is crazy. And that's where you get, I think, the um, maybe this uh, 2071, this 2071 violation, which is concealment, removal or mutilation generally of documents carries a penalty up to three years of prison and disqualification from holding office. And that's actually the most mild of the uh, of the potential charges here. As I was saying before, fifteen, nineteen, and seven ninety three are the big ones. Fifteen, nineteen, that is the obstruction of justice, the possibility of the obstruction of justice charge. That's destruction, alteration, falsification of records. Uh, that carries a penalty of twenty years in prison, up to twenty years. That's the maximum sentence. One that Donald Trump likely would not get. He would probably wouldn't get the full twenty years. Probably get some sort of. Uh, lesser amount but suffice to say that's a serious charge and then 793 that's the espionage act one that's one of the many uh, sections under the espionage act gathering transmitting or losing defense information that carries a penalty of up to 10 years in prison jeez I yeah mean- and the part of the reason for the freak out is that one is 793 because the reason Donald Trump is making a big stink and we see whatever excuse of the day emerging from Donald Trump and his henchmen is because they don't want people to be saying the words Espionage Act in this context. And you know what? So far, it's working. I bet if you did a word search on Google News or however you do that, a LexisNexis search or whatever they're using to gauge these things, find a lot more instances of the word affidavit than you would of the words Espionage Act, because now it's all about releasing the affidavit. And that's what uh, Trump is screaming for. They want this document that was used to convince the judge in which the judge signed off on uh, all the probable cause for uh, for this particular search and seizure. Well, they also want to get the names of whoever it is that dropped the dime on him so they can you know, make it about that person. Oh, yes. Because they're also in the middle of making about the FBI agents that were there. Like, you know, they want to demonize those people and put them under a microscope and see if they could dig up dirt on them and start threatening it. Because it's always it's all mob shit. It's always about, oh, if you're going to be one of the people who come and enforce the law, we're going to target you. So is mm-hmm. it really worth your effort? Do you really want to be the person whose house we're going to show up at with guns and protest signs saying, hey, you targeted our guy. We're going to come and get you and your family now. Yeah. Because that's the, what they do. The thing that's most offensive to me, Justin, is the uh, latest excuse. And this came from Maggie Haberman yesterday. She's like, oh, yeah, Donald Trump loves tchotchkes. This is a variation on Jesse Waters' excuse from last week, which is that Donald Trump is just a mementos guy. Oh, get the fuck out of here. No, I mean, it's like, this is insanely, insanely frustrating to hear this. This yeah, pisses me off. That doesn't no read. He's not going to keep papers as a, as a memento. No, of course not. But also, people are behaving as if They've never heard of Donald Trump before, and he just magically appeared, and they're attributing all kinds of things that are completely counterfactual and contrary to his character that we have observed now on the political stage for seven goddamn years. It's like when he first came down the escalator, all of the people who suddenly were on his side and going to support him, it's as if they had never known of Donald Trump prior to the escalator. 
That's what's frustrating about this tchotchke slash mementos excuse. Everything that we have heard about Donald Trump, especially over the last seven years, but going back decades into the 70s, for God's sake, is that Donald Trump is a transactional guy. Donald Trump does nothing unless there's some sort of exchange to benefit him. Everything he does is you give me that and I'll give you this. What was the Zelensky call? Do, now you do a favor to me. You do a favor, whatever it was. You do me a favor. You know, it was a back and forth. It was a quid pro quo. Remember, that was the phrase, the Latin phrase that Donald Trump insisted was not there. There is no quid pro quo, he kept protesting. But there is. It's always a quid pro quo with Donald Trump. Yeah, so the no, reason he took these documents. Him, he doesn't do anything. Yes, yes. Initially, I was really hesitant to go down this road that Donald Trump was taking these documents in order to trade them or sell them for something that he'll get in return. But the more and more I think about how Donald Trump operates, the more I'm convinced that that is absolutely why he's keeping these documents. He may not have I'm some sorry, specific wait, transaction. You hesitated? I, you I initially hesitated? hesitated because I didn't. the only thing I could think of that well, he was planning on selling it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I was burned, I think, by a lot of the reporting during Trump Russia that turned out to either for a lack of an investigative tenacity or for whatever reason, a lot of the theories that we had during Trump Russia didn't actually end up emerging. And so therefore, I with this particular thing, I wanted to be a little bit more cautious in terms of the why. But as you read this week in uh, the banter, I'm really on board in terms of Donald Trump retaining these documents in order to trade them or sell them for something. And there may not be a specific transaction he has in mind. I mean, that's a that's a possibility. There may be something he was just, OK, I'm going to hold on to these because I want to at some future point trade them if I'm in a predicament or I need money because Donald Trump always needs money. So that's the other dimension of this. Donald Trump always needs money. So therefore, what, what would you do? You're Donald Trump. You have highly classified documents, things that foreign governments like the Saudis would want to get their hands on. There's that. And then you go back to a story that I included in the piece for the banter this week, which is from February of 2019, where we heard about whistleblowers emerging from inside the Trump administration who approached Elijah Cummings committee, his oversight committee, uh, with information that Donald Trump and Mike Flynn were thinking about selling nuclear secrets to the Saudis. So I think, Justin, my turnaround in terms of determine in, in terms of deciding that oh yeah well okay this is of course a transaction this is why he's holding these documents is when we heard last thursday night that the fbi was looking for and we don't know whether or not donald trump actually has them but the fbi was looking for nuclear related documents and so when that news dropped i was like oh my oh. god oh, this yeah. is that this could be connected to that thing from 2019 with Cummings and the whistleblowers and Mike Flynn. And it became just like it was, it was so obvious what was going on here, if that turns out to be the case with these nuclear documents. And honestly, don't be surprised if they eventually do find out that he did manage to get some of this to the Saudis or whatever other group yeah. is, uh, you know, like, oh, it's like, hey, where did Trump get all this money all of a sudden? Like, right. hey, he's got these offshore accounts and it's an awful lot of money in there. How did that happen? What was Don't going be on? Surprised. 
What was going on two weeks before the FBI search and seizure of Mar-a-Lago? It was a charity golf tournament at Bedminster sponsored by Saudi Arabia. Right. <laughs> Jared you Kushner know, you famously know got billions Mago of dollars. World, yeah. yeah, Mago World would just be like, well, he was the president. It's his to sell. Yeah. He can sell He can sell America's secrets if he wants to. Mm-hmm. That's what they'll say. Because he was the president, so he could profit from America's secrets, and it doesn't matter because he was the president, and he has the right to do that. It's like, okay, could Obama do that? Can Biden do that? Oh, no, no, no. no. We would we would execute them as traitors. But, but Trump it, can it, do it. Here's the thing. Does it, matter, does it matter what his motivations were it, it, yes. Like at the end of the day? I mean, but the fact that he did it, right, we know that he did it. Uh, that you know, it doesn't really matter what he was intending to do with it. I mean, of course, like well, it matters it, a little bit if he was it, just it matters sit a lot. and not do anything. Yeah, it, it, you know that's not as bad as like no, he was preparing to sell them and he was stopped. Yeah, you know that that there's a little bit of a difference there. Sure, but I'm but I'm saying he's still guilty of a crime by oh by, yeah, most certainly right. Yeah, but it's, it's not that. as serious a crime as the 793 Espionage Act charge or the again the possibility of this charge because that is i mean the key word in 793 is transmitting defense information it's entirely possible that he was in the process of exchanging some of these documents for something else and they got him there's a lot of legal experts looking at what happened at mar-a-lago last monday and thinking uh, this is not a crime that was committed in the past. This is a crime that is happening as they go in. This is something that they were stopping in the midst of it happening. You know, and that's that's the key to all of this, that there was some sort of ongoing process that they're trying to thwart. That's why they took this extraordinary step, one of which we've never seen in the history of the Republic and you want to know the answer to the question we were talking about earlier. It's like, why do yeah, they That's why it took long? so long. Yeah, why do they, they waited so long? Because this has never been done before. Again, it's self-evident. Their complaining is the answer to why it took this long. And now we've got this new quote, Ben, that uh, we got from the New York Times this week, where advisors to Donald Trump told the New York Times that Donald Trump at one point said, it's not theirs, it's mine. Good it's a huge book. That's going to be like the title to a chapter in a history book. It's not theirs, it's mine. Because it's refers specifically to these classified documents. It's so funny. I, I keep saying this, but given our current climate right now in terms of, you know, uh, social justice and everything like that, the great irony is that one of the things that could take down Donald Trump is a pronoun. <laughs> pronoun. <laughs> there he is. I love that. I love the irony of that. So hilarious. <laughs> right. I mean, but, uh, but look, like, he, okay, here's the here's the the um, what what I'm thinking because I my gut feeling is that when he got kicked out of office, right, and then he kind of got pissed off and organized a coup kind of thing. That's when I think he probably decided to do this. He was like, I was, I was, I don't know if he genuinely believes the election was stolen. But I think that you know maybe he does, but it doesn't matter. He he probably th- he his thought process probably was, I've done this for four years and I need to make some money out of this, so I'm going to mm. take some secret shit and uh, sell it. That that's what I, g- given Donald Trump's track record of behavior, that's that's kind of what I, 
that's my general feeling. I, again, you know, we need to wait till more evidence come, comes 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 in. The but... gravy train is ending. I might as well get what I can. Grab yeah. what I grab and smash and grab. Right. Yeah. Well, one of the ways he justifies this in his own mind is his gimme 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 spoiled rich kid thing, which is that, uh, and his also lack of understanding in terms of. Uh, the traditions and rules and norms of the presidency, his lack of uh, uh, information, his lack of knowledge about the Constitution and the limits on presidential power. Donald and Trump the rule believed, of law doesn't all, apply to him anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we saw for uh, four years how Donald Trump believed that because he was president that uh, the attorney general was his personal lawyer. Same with the White House counsel that he, he that he owned the federal bureaucracy that lands under the uh, executive branch that he could do whatever he wanted to in that context. Uh, the only thing that would limit him is his belief that whatever he would do would, would backfire negatively against him. So that was the only thing restraining Donald Trump. And normally he's a guy with no restraint. So if you think of that as the setup, of course, Donald Trump's going to believe that these documents once declassified are his to keep. I mean, if they're no longer secret anymore, then why not keep them and, and see what he could get away with uh, selling them, uh, potentially selling them, trading them at the very, very least showing them off. Looky what I've got. You know, look at look at my collection of top secret documents. I've got nuclear trade secrets. Now. Hey, you want to let's go down after we go to the prime rib bar. Mar-a-Lago. Let's go down to the basement and I'll show you some cool shit. That's like the the very minimum, you know, because he he loves to brag. He loves to make himself seem uh, more important what, what than he actually mean? is. What does that mean, uh, Bob? If it's just he took them to show off, right? Mm-hmm. But what does that mean for... Um, you know, in terms of criminal liability, that's what well, I. It's still a crime. Think. Yeah, it's still a crime. Plus, it's... you can't steal something from a museum and say, "Well, I just took it just to show off to my friends. I wasn't yeah. going to do anything with it." It's still a crime. And in fact, that's the most minor of the possible crimes because we've also got the fact that I mean, a federal magistrate has determined that there was probable cause Donald Donald Trump was either gathering, transmitting, or losing defense information. Plus that Donald Trump, there was probable cause that Donald Trump was uh, committing uh, obstruction of justice, destruction, alteration, falsification of records in uh, federal investigations and bankruptcy. That's obstruction of justice. And so there was determination by not just Judge Reinhardt, but also by the FBI that this was a crime that was a series of crimes that was in process that really has little to do with the removal of the documents in the first place. So you had, for example, in June, there was a subpoena for documents. I think they ignored the subpoena and they said uh, at one point, one of the one of Trump's lawyers said, we gave back all the documents. Well, it was obvious that they didn't give back all the documents. See also the search and seizure at uh, Mar-a-Lago and also the fact that there are (laughs) there are tapes there are surveillance tapes that uh, Mar-a-Lago turned over to uh, the FBI. So to me, uh, that is possibly, and this may be just uh, our Watergate background talking here, but, you know, what if Donald Trump, what if, what if th- there's video surveillance of Donald Trump doing something with those documents that he shouldn't be doing? Or uh, what if there's chunks missing 
from the surveillance footage. That could be obstruction of justice or destruction of evidence. Uh, if, if they went in and said, all right, well, we've got these surveillance tapes. Make sure you take out the tapes from uh, June 29th and 30th, because that's when uh, so-and-so was down there and we were trying to do this deal, blah, blah, blah. Take that, take that out. Make sure they don't get that. That would be obstruction of justice, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, destruction, alteration, falsification of records in an investigation. So, so, uh, so how, how, what's your instinct on this, both guys? I want to get your, your, your sort of gut instinct. How genuinely how bad is this what is the percentage chance of him going to jail over this yeah better call saul donald trump is going to get indicted uh, yeah no this is helpful. this is too much i mean you can't just wave wave it away and block you know tied up in courts and say oh you can't pro- you can't hold them accountable with it i mean this is this isn't even like a gray zone here yeah you know there's just way too much precedent and no you know you can't just magically wave your hand and put up a lot of smokes and mirror and saying it's all fake and blah blah blah. you can't you just can't mm-hmm. it's too much this time it's just too much this is this is just short of him shooting someone on fifth avenue i mean how how mm-hmm. serious a law can he break before something has to be done about it i mean let's put it this way it's this is so bad that they're starting to talk about whether or not biden should give him a pardon that just popped up yesterday <laughs> in uh, the Washington Post opinion, and I just wanted to put my fist through my computer screen. Yeah, no way that's you know? happening. Yeah, it's like what Biden could gain from pardoning Trump. It's like, Nothing. oh fuck you, pardon my ass. Don't they would attack him, him even more. I mean, they would. <laughs> you think the fuck you Brandon memes would stop after he did that? No way. Yeah, it's like you know, the whole idea was supposed to be like, oh, you know, if if Trump, and it's exactly what I wrote about, like I don't know, it was like a month and a half ago. It's like, yeah, if Trump doesn't go to jail for if Trump if Trump doesn't get indicted for the stuff that he does, that would be a thousand times worse than if he does. It's like because yeah, sure, bringing him up on charges that would absolutely set the right wing off. There would be a massive waves of terrorism, but not holding him accountable. That would just embolden them beyond all. That would be like throwing nuclear gasoline on a fire. It yeah. would just be insane because they would be like, oh, t- shit, we can now do anything we want because they'll always just say, go ahead and keep doing it. We don't want to cause any more trouble. We I don't mean, want to make waves. Yeah, and bear what, in what, mind, too, that they're, they're, this is just one of two grand juries, federal grand juries investigating Donald Trump in D.C. right now. I think there's a separate grand jury investigating Donald Trump's involvement in 1-6, and I think that also may loop in the fake electors scheme, or that may be the primary uh, investigatory path that they're taking with that second grand jury. But Donald Trump is in trouble twice over with the Department of Justice. One, the, and the second one, they haven't even really, their, their eye of Sauron really hasn't focused on the second one yet. I'm talking yeah, and about they're, and they're, Now they're starting and, to put together... Um, you know, the, the fact, yeah, that the fake electors and, um, God, what's the other one? The, 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 the machines, the, um, the election machines, they're starting to put that together. It's like, oh, that wasn't just random. That was all coordinated as well from the Trump campaign. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem from down the road too. Oh yeah. Plus, uh, Fulton County, Georgia is heating up with Rudy Giuliani as the target of that investigation and whether Rudy ends up doing what he should do, which is to 
flip on Donald Trump. Yeah, it's uh, not like Trump's it. paying him anymore. Yeah, right, right. And then uh, you've got the trial of the Trump Organization, which starts in October in Manhattan. Then you've got Letitia James. Holy shit, that doesn't even involve some of the lawsuits. <laughs> there are several lawsuits in D.C. against Donald Trump. This is, to me, the biggest aspect of all of this, uh, apart from the possibility that Donald Trump goes to prison uh, in one of these cases or numerous cases. I don't know. But uh, one of the biggest things is, uh, and this is one of the big question marks, is whether he runs for president again and he is trapped. He he has to run to an extent in order to potentially avoid prosecution. And there's no guarantee that he would avoid prosecution if he ran. Yeah, I'm about to say, I don't know if any of those would stop. It's like running for president yeah. doesn't mean you're president. Yeah, right. However, uh, if he were to run for president, not only would he uh, not be allowed to access Save America PAC money, but the Republican National Committee has already said that they will not continue to pay Donald Trump's legal bills if he runs for president because they have to remain impartial because ostensibly there would be, you know, there's going to be two dozen other people running for president. So and, and now the and FBI to took his rainy day fund. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So, yes, he's actually been able to pick up a lot of uh, donor money uh, because of this uh, FBI thing. But I don't think that's going to carry him over the threshold of being able to defend himself. I think he is really stuck. I mean, you're Donald Trump. What do you do in that position? You're screwed if you do and you're, you're screwed if you don't. And that's the thing I love most about this, because what I like most is the you know, I, I sort of operate on the uh, assumption that Donald Trump will not see prison time, guilty or not. He, they, you know, I'm just being, I'm just playing on the safe side of this, uh, that there's going to be some issue with the secret service. He'll end up having to be under house arrest or something like that with the ankle bracelet, maybe that, but, uh, short of that, I just love it when Donald Trump is under duress. I love it when a <laughs> bully is stressed out, when a bully is shitting himself, when a bully is losing sleep, when a bully is constantly worried that the walls of justice are closing in on him. That makes me happy and makes me smile. And, um, you know, to an extent, I think we should all savor that notion that this unforgivable jackass, this bully who has been a blight on the United States uh, on so many different levels is now made to feel as if he is trapped. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it, 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 is a, it is a good feeling. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, you can see the way in which Fox News and all the, you know, the right wing blowhard industry is, um, or the red hat industry rather, is reacting to all of this because, you know, I've been paying attention to it um, quite carefully, and uh, it, it, it's basically um, since they see what's happening, they understand that their guy is going down the toilet. Yeah, right. Like it, it's kind of crazy to watch. Like Laura Ingram was was basically saying, like, yeah, you know, I think it's you know enough's enough. Uh, we've got to ditch this guy. Um, you know, they've been like even Alex Jones has dumped Trump. Now Alex Jones is all for Ron DeSantis. It's mad, right? Like they they see what's happening, and they jump. You know, f what would it take for them to jump ship? I, you know, the, to to jump off the ship. I mean, fucking hell, breaking the Espionage Act. Like it's well, crazy. They, they have a problem though, because 
while the party wants to break and um, Fox News may want to break, the base doesn't. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care anything about that. They love Trump. And anyone who turns on him, they're going to make them pay for it, like Liz Cheney. (laughs) They made Mm -hmm. her pay. And they will, anyone that turns on Trump, they will make them suffer for it, if not physically attack them. I mean, look what those guys, look what that guy did. He tried to attack the FBI, you know, with a fucking nail gun to try and get through the bulletproof glass because, you know, that was going to work. And then, you know, you just have these crazy people. They just, they've been screaming and violent. You know, it's like, we, we're going to go to war for Trump. We're going to go to war for Trump. And it wasn't the white nationalists. Right, mm. it wasn't the neo Nazis. It was the Trump people. I mean, there's overlap, obviously, but like mm. the real hardcore white nationalists were like freaking out over Trump, Trump's place getting uh you know hit by the FBI. It was the hardcore Trump people who were like, "No, this is war. We're gonna go to war for this." So they don't. They're just as far as they're concerned. If they're they're Trump is their guy. It's ride or die. They're not gonna give him up until he falls over dead from a heart attack. And then they'll probably just say it was a deep state plot to kill Trump, who's in his mid-80s, overweight, and eats badly. So how could he possibly die from a heart attack? <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> Biden did it. Yeah. <laughs> Dark yeah. Brandon got him. <laughs> I mean, I've got to say, I'm, en- I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this immensely. Like, I haven't enjoy- yeah. enjoyed it as, mu- uh, as much as when the, uh, you know, the 2020 election, when the... When, uh, we re- when the overnight vote started getting counted, when all the mail-in ballots started getting counted um, overnight, everybody was freaking out during the day going, oh, no, this is over, like Biden's going to lose. And, and I was telling everybody to wait. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Just wait until the, until the mail-in ballots come in. The whole thing's going to change by the morning. And then it did. Yeah. And then you started realizing that, oh, yeah, this guy's toast. Like, this Trump is fucked. Can't win this. Like, he doesn't have the numbers. And and keep given the rate at which Biden, you know the, the, all the mail-in ballots were coming in for Biden, like the margins Trump would have to have got in the mail-in ballots would have been like 80 percent or something, and it, and it wasn't even close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it kind of feels like that, where you just you kind of see the 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 game is up, you know what I mean? And it's a matter of time until it's checkmate. And uh, it, you know that's the feeling I get if I'm being you know judging by everything that you know that we've learned over these past couple of weeks that like there are very few ways out for him and um it's i'm, I'm glad that you guys are seeing the feeling the same way because it means i'm not you know because it's difficult right with trump you always think he's he you know this is it this is the end of it and then the guy weasels out of it somehow um you know and, and uh it, it's it's a great feeling to know that this guy finally is is going to get some justice right and and there are all the reactions to you know from the from the far right to the far left have just been they're very busy scrambling to find you know different narratives like what was the 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 alt left narrative was that you know the 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 espionage act itself is bad and liberals shouldn't be enthusiastic about it uh of course thank god i'm not on twitter anymore i don't have to deal with that bullshit you're not on twitter anymore justin what happened i i I quit Twitter like months ago. Like I post stuff to it, but I don't like, I just do like share and post to it. I don't actually go on Twitter. I haven't seen a post from Matt Taibbi or Glenn Greenwald or Michael Tracy in like, I don't know, five months. And it's been so stress-free. I've felt so much better since I have not been looking at anything they post anymore. It's been delightful. 
Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm sure. Like Bob, how do we I... how do we wean ourselves off of Twitter? Like, yeah, I'm, I think Bob's more prolific than I am on Twitter. You've got many more followers, uh, of course, but uh, <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, it's 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 tough to get off that, that that. Yeah, no, I will share I will share an article with a comment to it, but I will I won't actually go on Twitter and look at anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. it was rough for the first couple of weeks, but after that, it was just like oh oh peace of mind. Peace of mind. It's so relaxing. Yeah. Oh, this is nice. Yeah, I kind of feel that way about cable news. I have really stopped watching cable news. I think part of it is that Rachel is really not on anymore except for Mondays. And so mm. the most cable news I watch is maybe uh, the first, like the A block of Lawrence O'Donnell's show. I always mm. try to catch that at least. But with Twitter, I, I you know what? I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter. On one hand, I'm there all the time. I'm literally on Twitter all day long. And uh, I, I like the fact that it's like the first place that news ends up happening. So you're really, if you're tapped into Twitter, you can really catch news as soon as it drops. And so that is, uh, I, I like that feeling. I like that access. Plus, I like have ac- I like having access to, you know, all the names in the news are also participating in Twitter to an extent. I mean, to an extent that they're doing it themselves, which is always a question mark. But um, <laughs> I like that aspect of it. The thing that I have abandoned sort of in the same way that Justice has abandoned uh, Twitter, I've abandoned Facebook. I'm really not on Facebook a whole lot. I go in there. I post, you know, when I've got a new episode of the show out, I post that, but I don't really hang out on Facebook anymore. Just uh, philosophically and uh, ethically, I, I just can't, I can't support it any more than I, than I do. That I, that well, they've I, also like, ch- the, the algorithm on, on Facebook basically suppresses all news content. So there's kind of like, it's almost pointless anyway. Like oh, we've got 40,000 followers on, on Facebook and we can mm-hmm. reach maybe 200 of them. Yeah. If yeah. we're lucky. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the most um, often the, the most often typed phrase that I write on Facebook is link in the comments because you put a link in the actual post and it gets buried. So what I have to mm. do is I just put text that, by the way, should not contain the words Patreon or Substack because you want if you want your Facebook posts to get buried, include the words Patreon or Substack in there and oh, they well. will. The, the, the algorithm will tear that down. Um, so you have to put the links in the comments and I basically disguise my posts. Yeah. I disguise my posts as just photos that I'm posting, (laughs) you know, and I kind of get away with it that way. But, you know, if you go to your newsfeed now, I see the same all day long. I see the same three posts appearing over and over again in my, at the top of my newsfeed. It's a, it's a, it's a disaster. Facebook is a blight. And plus, they just turned over. They turned over uh, DM information to get this uh, uh, girl and her mother caught trying to go st- cross state lines to get an abortion. And so Facebook was involved with that prosecution of them. And wow. just you know, granted, they were subpoenaed for the information. So to an extent, you've got to comply with the subpoena. But this is p- fucking private information. At Facebook, well, it wasn't was crossing like, state oh, lines. They were doing yeah, the yeah, um, yeah. the the drug. Yeah, I thought. Well, yes. Well, oh, that's it. That's right. They were yeah, using the. They, uh, they haven't made exact, it yeah, to cross state it. lines yet. That's right. That's right. Thank yeah. you, Justin. Another, that's it. Another another reason to loathe Facebook, but um, yeah. Well, anyway, guys, let's, we're going to move on to our um uh, uh both sides segment. 
today. Uh, so, uh, Justin, uh, you go first on, on that one. You've been raring to go on this both sides thing. Yeah, so I, I got I got kind of like a combination here. I've got um, Ben Stein and Ron DeSantis. Um, and both of them are, well, we all know who Ron DeSantis is, right? He's a piece of shit down Florida. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you guys remember who Ben Stein is? Yeah. Yes. From like, yeah. Bueller. Okay, so, Bueller. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He was the guy, Bueller, Bueller, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He had his show, Win Ben Stein's Money. And then sometime after, he just started drifting to the right faster and faster. And now he's just like a full-on hardcore Trumper, which is really weird because he's Jewish. And obviously so. Never mind the last name Stein. Like, he's obviously Jewish. So, like, you know, when they start rounding up the Jews, he's going to be one of them. So I don't know what his deal is. But whatever, man. Um, so uh, both of them have – both of them in the last uh, week or so have just been full-on history revisionists. Um, Ron DeSantis, um, his thing has been um, the new Florida curriculum – that he's forcing teachers to uh, to to push into classrooms. Now his his supposed to be it was supposed to be neutral and erasing indoctrination that you know the liberals had been forcing in the classroom. That was all bullshit. We're all very shocked. You're you're shocked by that, right? You had no idea that was going to happen. Shocked. Now, so what he's teaching, what he's forcing teachers to push into classroom now, is white Christianist nationalism. Shocking. First. They're downplaying um, uh, slavery in the United States, right? Because this is we're, we're 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 stepping back fifty years, forty years in time to when Southern states were like, "Oh no, slavery that wasn't a big deal. No, no, slavery was fine. It wasn't that big a deal." And the, the slippery slope with that is is it stops being the terrible thing that it was, and you know, twenty thirty years down the road, we go right back to. Slaves were happy with their masters and they worked together to blah, 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 because that's what they did in Virginia and other states. Like, there, there's actual textbooks you can find that have that crap in it. I've seen them. They're ridiculous. So that that's what DeSantis was doing. Also about, um, let's see, this is from News Channel 8, uh, quote unquote, the the materials didn't talk about voting, interacting with the government at all. It was strictly about religious influence and how religion could be part of our government and that the First Amendment was strictly about keeping government from interfering with religion and not vice versa. So, yeah, that's that's what they're trying to teach in Florida schools. At the same time, Ben Stein is out there on True Social because they don't he doesn't do Twitter anymore. He's out on True Social talking about how. The Republican Party was all about, you know, it was created specifically to stop slavery. And how come Republicans don't talk about that more? Because they were awesome and they're the reason America's great and Democrats were terrible and blah, blah, blah. And they never did anything about that while completely ignoring that today's Republican Party would immediately put black people back in black uh, back in chains because they're the party of white nationalism and racism. And it's just astonishing that. They're just the entire party is just about historical revisionism again, and there's nothing like that on the left. It does not nope, exist. Whatsoever. Nothing like that on the left at all. Uh, okay, um, Bob, who, who's your pick for this week? All right, Matt Walsh. You guys know who Matt Walsh is? He's a uh, uh, yes, yes, podcaster with the Daily Wire uh, network of shows. That's Ben Shapiro's thing. 
Well, he is now inciting his listeners to attack Boston's Children's Hospital on the fifteenth. Uh, hospital. Yeah, I brought sound today. I've got sound oh, of Matt Walsh talking about this. Uh, rather than me describing what he said, I'm just going to play the audio, and then this is follow. This is a combination of not only what Matt Walsh is saying to his, who knows how many listeners. Uh, but also the actual ramifications. There's a CNN report as the second part of this audio describing what's going on as a consequence of Matt Walsh. This is, I will say this, this is domestic terrorism. This is not availing yourself of the First Amendment to express an opinion that's contrary to the government or whatever. This is domestic terrorism in progress. Okay, here's Matt Walsh on his podcast. Today on the Matt Walsh Show, children's hospitals around the country are butchering, mutilating, and sterilizing their young patients. According to Boston Children's Hospital, literally every toddler who has ever been born or will ever be born is trans. Now, if it seems like they're casting the widest imaginable net in order to catch the most children they can and put them all on a path to sterilization and butchery before they can even talk, well, that's because that's exactly what these monsters are doing. And they've done it up until this moment without much resistance from the public. But that has to end. We have to stop making it so easy on them. And that's why I'm in the very early stages of trying to organize a national coordinated effort to fight back against this evil. You know, it's really just a matter of where do we begin? He's, again, he's talking about Children's Hospital. I want to be clear about that. This the evil fuck is, he talking about? is Children's Hospital. He believes that Children's Hospital has decided to mutilate babies that are, all the babies that are born there. That's just what happens. So, and this is, okay, now we got to hear the uh, CNN report. This was two days later. So Matt Walsh said all of that on August 15. This is the CNN report on the 17th. Maybe we begin at Boston Children's Hospital. Boston Children's Hospital says its staff is being threatened and harassed now after far-right activists on social media posted misinformation claiming they perform gender-affirming hysterectomy procedures on young girls. The hospital says it's not true. They do not perform those procedures for anyone under the age of 18. No one does. Boston Children's Hospital says it is proud, though, to be home to the first pediatric and adolescent transgender health program in the United States. The hospital, though, now is working with law enforcement to try to better protect its staff in the face of these lies. Yes. So you need security at Children's Hospital because the Red Hats are declaring a, a jihad against it. That's oh where God. we are That's... now as a country. And just the both sides element of this is obviously th none of this shit is happening on the left ever. Now, they'll say, okay, well, there was that guy who shot Steve Scalise, and he was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Are you, are you telling me that one thing rises to the same level as a party that has its own terrorist militias, that many of which are being prosecuted right now? I mean, that is a fact. There is no equivalence here whatsoever in any universe, in any level of reasoning or logic. It's not happening. Matt Walsh, Anyone on the left who does something, that's because the right is very clearly telling that, telling us we're going to kill you when we get the chance. When the right does this stuff, it's fucking Hillary's child sex dungeons in the basement of a pizza place that doesn't have a basement. Yeah. Like they, they're shit, they just make shit up. The right specifically tells us if we get the chance, we're going to kill you. 
Yeah. They tell, they say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Is that, I wonder, is the guy taking it back? Has uh, Matt Walsh apologized yet or not? No, uh, oh, yeah, of right. course not. Are you insane? Have you met a Republican? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. I, and the big question mark here is, uh, and I want to talk about the First Amendment here in a second. The big question mark here, though, is how do you push back against this other than just debunking the madness? But obviously, there's a serious security threat that Matt Walsh has incited here for people to commit terrorism against Children's Hospital. Crazy. They need to sue him. Yeah, they need to sue him like they they sued Alex Jones. Exactly right. Well, 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 my guy, my guy this week, then actually pales in comparison to that monster. And this is pretty bad. Uh, so my pick for both sides is the Republican House candidate, Cole Palladino, who um, this is uh, uh, from the Huffington Post. The Republican House candidate, Cole Palladino, suggested on the radio show that Attorney General Merrick Garland, quote, probably should be executed, end quote, following the FBI search for President Donald Trump's Florida estate last week. Uh, Garland, quote, should not only be impeached, he should probably be executed, Palladino said in an interview with a Breitbart radio host last week. The guy exactly. is just lost. The guy is just lost. He's a lost soul. He's trying to get an image, and his methodology is just terrible, he added. To raid the home of a former president is just... People are scratching their heads, and they're saying, what is wrong with this guy? Uh, maybe he's doing his job, and uh, Donald Trump committed a, an egregious crime against his country. Uh, so anyhow, so he wants uh, Merrick Garland executed, because uh, that's now that's where we are. Because, yeah, both sides are just as bad, right? Exactly. And that's what I mean. They keep telling us out loud. They want to kill us. They say it out loud over Mm. and over and over. We want to kill you. Absolutely. There's nothing like that on the left at all. Nothing like that on the left. Well, look, um, guys, that's that's the that's the end of the show for today. We're going to head into the members only section where uh, that high note. Yeah, that high note on that lovely <laughs> note. Um, but you guys are going to re- there was there was a very interesting um, comment by Sam Harris uh, this 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 week about uh, the Hunter Biden laptop story, which we- took me down a rabbit hole. First of all, we'll talk about the Sam Harris thing. Second of all, I need someone to explain to me what the fuck the Hunter Biden laptop story is all about because I don't care. But I now <laughs> I just don't care, and I keep trying to find out about it, and I and Anyway, <laughs> I want someone to explain it. You, uh, you lucky gentlemen, are going to have this task of of explaining uh, for a child what this is about. Um, <laughs> so you're going to pretend that I'm six year old, uh, what it's about, and 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 how dumb is it? Um, so that's what we're going to be doing in the members only section. So please join us there, where I get uh, where you're going to think of it as as a as a sort of. Uh, one of those books, you know, like, um, you know, coding for dummies or something. This is a Hunter Biden <laughs> laptop story for dummies, right? Um, <laughs> please join us. It should be fun. Uh, you can get a, a free trial um, and listen to it completely for free. Uh, you can get your membership, Banter membership as well. If you if you like what we do, it's incredibly helpful. We're actually growing uh, really quite quickly this year, which is great. The mem- memberships are, are, are on the rise. So it shows we're doing something right. It means um, that, that uh, yeah, we'd love you to become part of our community and support us, support the newsletters and support the show. So, yeah, join us there. And uh, if not, we will see you next week. Adios.